Medea, daughter of the king of Colchis, has betrayed her country and family out of love for the Greek adventurer Jason, who has brought her back to Greece. Now they have fallen on hard times, and to mend his fortunes, Jason has left Medea and their two sons and is to marry the daughter of the king of Corinth. He does not understand the depth of her outrage. Her sacrifice and devotion mean little to him. Medea realizes that there is only one way to bring home to Jason what he has done, what kind of commitment he has discounted. The only way to hurt him as much as he has hurt her is to kill their sons, depriving him of any descendants and leaving his life empty. But can she do this? They are her children, too. In Euripides' famous play, produced at Athens in the 5th century BC, Medea resolves to kill her sons, then goes back on her resolve when she sees them. Sending them away, she steals herself to do the deed and speaks words which were to become famous. I know that what I am about to do is bad, but anger is master of my plans, which is the source of the greatest troubles for humankind. She recognizes two things going on in her, her plans and her anger or thumos. She also recognizes that her anger is master of the plan she has rationally deliberated on carrying out. What is going on here? We may think that nothing is going on that a philosopher needs to concern herself with. We simply have something which happens every day, though usually not in such spectacular ways. I think it better for me to do A than B, but am led by anger or some other emotion to do B instead. But how do we understand what is going on? How can I genuinely think that A is the better thing to do if I end up doing B? How can anger or any other emotion or feeling get someone to go against what they have deliberately resolved on doing? Until we have some systematic way of understanding this, we and the way we act are mysterious to ourselves. Many people, of course, do remain this way, with many of the sources of their actions and their patterns of behavior opaque to themselves. But the society in which Euripides' play was produced and continued to be a classic fostered a kind of thinking the kind we call philosophical thinking. This kind of reflective, probing thinking regarded Medea's situation as calling for explanation and understanding in terms that they, and we so many years later, can readily recognize as philosophical. As already indicated, the question of what, if anything, distinguishes ancient philosophy and its methods will emerge by the end of the book. Here, we will focus on an issue where we can readily understand what ancient philosophers are doing. The Stoics, the soul as a unity. Stoicism is a philosophical school named after the Stoa Poikil, or Painted Porch, a colonnaded building in Athens where the first heads of the school taught. The school was founded by Zeno of Sidium, who arrived in Athens in 313 B.C., after Zeno, the most influential head of the school was Chrysippus of Soli, circa 280 to 208 BC, who wrote extensively on just about every philosophical topic and produced what became authoritative Stoic positions. Stoicism often presented itself, particularly at first, in a deliberately harsh light, emphasizing doctrines that are so far from common sense as to be paradoxical. However, Stoicism as a philosophy is holistic. That is, its parts can be developed separately, but ultimately the aim is to understand them all in relation to the other parts. 
Hence, stoic paradoxes increasingly make sense and acquire conviction as they are appreciated against the background of stoic arguments and connected ideas. There are thus many ways of teaching stoicism. Where you begin depends on the audience's level of interest and expertise. Epictetus, a later Stoic, A.D. circa 50 to 130, taught in a way that appealed directly to his audience's interest in ethical and social matters, and accounts of his teaching have continued to be used as vivid introduction to Stoic thought. The universal aspect of Stoicism is illustrated by the fact that Epictetus, a former slave, was influential on the Stoic reflections of the Emperor Marcus Aurelius, A.D. 121 to 180.